Boker Tov. Shana Tova. So just last weekend, I was up on Mandeville Canyon on my bike. Just out of curiosity, is anyone in here a rider of Mandeville Canyon? Show of hands, anyone ever ridden up Mandeville? Okay, so you have, anyone else? Okay, were you up there last Saturday? Anyone up there last Saturday? Okay, you were? Okay, did you see me struggling on the side of the road? You probably passed me at a certain point, okay? So, last Saturday I was up there, and it was one of the hardest bike rides of my life. It wasn't the first time, but for some reason, I was just, I was a mess. By nine, if you remember last weekend, just like this week, it was super hot. I kept stopping and kvetching and snacking and taking my sweet time. Uh, something felt really off with the gears on my bike. And midway through, I told my very patient husband that I was done, I wanted to go home, it was time to turn around and go back. And of course, he pushed me forward like a good spouse should. And then about 500 feet from the top of Mandeville, anyone ever been to the very top of Mandeville on a bike or a car? Okay, so you know that you get to the top, there's this like turn and this very steep incline and then there's this green gate that glorious green gate that says you've hit the end, you're done, you can have your nosh, turn around and go home. So before I even got to that turn, before I even got to taste that victory, something happened with my bike that has never happened before, and I've been riding for a long time. I changed gears, and the chain just came off out of nowhere. It came off the little thingy with the metal, and I... I, okay, I don't know the terms, but I knew that I had to stop and something was wrong. So we got off our bikes and we examined the situation, very professionally, of course, and we saw that the chain hadn't actually come off, that it was wedged into the cassette. I definitely learned that term last weekend, that it was wedged into the, into the cassette and it wouldn't budge. Within five minutes, I had four separate people working on my bike these poor people who were like about to hit the end and they saw me on the side of the road and they stopped and they came over, they were so menschy. Um, but they were all moving and jiggling and pulling and nothing happened, it wouldn't budge. So we realized after about 10, 15 minutes that Josh had to ride home really quickly, which isn't very hard because he's very tall and very fast. And he had to go home, get the car and come back and pick me up. There was no other option. So there I was. 500 feet from the end, stuck on the side of the road because I couldn't change gears. So after all was said and done, and more kind cyclists and even a neighbor who was very, very sweet, and I hope I run into him again, stopped to check on me and make sure I was okay. Someone, want, someone offered to let me use his phone. After this whole kind of chaotic circus situation, Josh finally got there, he picked me up, we loaded up the car, we turned around, we went straight to Helen's Cycles in Santa Monica. And after we dropped off the car and I, and I got in and I was just kind of all flustered, Josh turned to me and he said, you know, Jacqueline, this would make a great intro to your Rosh Hashanah sermon. <laughs> So I imagined that for several months as I was planning this sermon, I was going to talk about change, and clearly my husband was listening, like any good husband should. So why change? 
So it's been a year of tremendous change for me, for us, and the year ahead for all of us in this room promises to bring even more. So we got married in June, and it was amazing, and it has brought such beautiful and challenging changes into our lives. From the name on my driver's license, or at least the name that I hope will be on my driver's license when I finally get it back, to the way that we've planned our high holiday celebrations to include our entire mishpucha, our entire family. So I've also, as Stephen mentioned, started my final year of rabbinical school. And even as I say it, and I'm sure Zach can relate to this, even as I say it, it just feels so weird. It feels so bittersweet. This is a year when I know that I'm going to transition out of a community that I've belonged to for six years. And not only that, but next summer, God willing, when I finish my thesis, where are you? When I finish my thesis, not if, I will begin a career that I've been working towards since I was 13 years old. So it's been a long time. So for months, I've been asking myself, what does it mean to go from single to married? To be someone's wife? To be someone's rabbi? What does it mean to devote myself wholeheartedly to the spiritual and emotional well-being of a spouse in addition to hundreds, if not thousands, of souls? It's scary, and it's daunting, and it's definitely exciting. Don't get me wrong. But there's a part of me, and some days this part is louder than the rest, who's resisting this move into unfamiliar territory, digging her heels into the ground and saying, I'm not going anywhere. I've never been good with change, as anyone sitting in that row can attest. And these days, it seems I'm expected to do a whole lot of it. Every day, the wheels are turning. And yet some days, I'm stuck changing gears. But I'm not alone, because we humans are programmed to resist change. Our bodies are set to a specific rhythm, our days begin and end with the rising of the sun and its setting at night. Our years dance with the seasons, and our schedules and our breaks are dictated by the schedules and the breaks of schools. We are trained to be creatures of habit. So for some, shifting a routine can be annoying or, in, or inconvenient, but for others, sometimes like me, it can be excruciatingly painful and arduous. Some people love change. They welcome it, they relish it, they enjoy it. I honestly don't know how they do it. The rest of us fight change tooth and nail. We color our once shiny brown hair to cover up those grays, those pesky little signs that we're aging. We wait until the last possible second to buy school supplies because once we do, it's a straight-up admission that summer is over and fall has begun, which is just so... comes with a lot of emotion. We stress about getting our high holiday tickets in time because we know, and this year we really know, that it's our last season with our beloved retiring rabbi. And what about Judaism's take on change? At this time of year, we need not look beyond the pages of the Machsor to realize just how much change is before us. There is that constant reminder that, like it or not, we're one year older. We weren't, we're not the same people that we were a year ago. 
We've changed and been enriched and challenged by that which we've endured over the last year. Then there is the loud blast of the shofar, and Mickey, that was some loud blasting. That was excellent. That shofar calls out, remember, repent, repair. Change your ways, change your bad habits. Change the way you look at the world around you. Change the way that you put all this energy into these various pursuits of your life. Even the term Rosh Hashanah contains an ode to change. The word Shana, which is year, comes from the Hebrew root Shin Nun He, which is Leshanot. And Leshanot means to change. So when we say Leshana Tova, we're not just saying to a good year. We're saying Leshana Tova to a good change. But what if we're not ready? What if we're afraid or we're stuck? What if we're comfortable in what we know, so comfortable that we deny or we avoid or we procrastinate? Because change can be so difficult and so uncertain. So to paraphrase the book of Ecclesiastes and the band The Birds, To everything there is a season, a time and a purpose under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to reap, a time to sow, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time of war and a time of peace. Our sacred text and our own intuition tells us that we are perpetually shifting gears. It's ironic But the only real constant in this world is change and taxes. My husband is a CPA, so taxes are also, you know, constant. Today, as our liturgy tells us over and over, our fate hangs in the balance. Now, whether you buy into that or not, and whether you believe this next year of our lives is decided upon in these next 10 days, I want us to think about these yamim noraim, these days of awe, as invaluable opportunities for change. As my teacher, Rabbi Richard Levy, writes, today we are poised somewhere between what we have been and what we wish to become. We are here at the start of 10 days of tshuva, of turning and returning to the self we've covered up behind the roles and the masks with which we've learned to protect ourselves. We seek to open wide the windows behind which we have hidden, to discover from where we have come, what we have become, and what we hope to be. These days are about embracing the potential that we have as humans that limitless, boundless potential for change. Now, lest we think that change is only for those who are young and spry and who don't need to color their hair, people less rooted in their ways, less stuck, let's reflect on the teachings of Rabbi Naomi Levy, who writes in her extraordinary book, To Begin Again. We often think of potential only when looking at children. We think this one's going to be a doctor, that one's going to be a lawyer, that one a musician. But we rarely think about potential 
when we speak about ourselves. We see ourselves as fully formed and too often dismiss our hopes and our dreams as mere fantasies. Adults often assume that the time for realizing all that we can be has passed. But no matter what our age, we all have the potential to change and to grow. When we go through change, as individuals, as families, or as one entire congregation, we worry about what that change will bring. We are concerned, even consumed, by a fear that we will not recognize our loved ones or ourselves, that instead of growth, change will yield flaws and failures. We worry that when we shift gears, our chains will come off, our bicycles will collapse, we will get stuck or hurt or lost. We fear what we cannot predict. On Erev Rosh Hashanah this past Wednesday night in the social hall family service, we read out loud the lyrics of a song called Chazak, which is the Hebrew word for strong. And I asked the kahal, I asked the group that was there, why they thought we were reading these words, why they thought we were reading something that had to do with strength. And I got this amazing answer from Victoria Kroll, who's a third grader in our JEC. She's an amazing kid, let me tell you. She raised her hand and she said, I think we need to be strong enough to let go of the past. Third, third grade, third grade. I think we need to be strong enough to let go of the past. Future rabbinic intern. Letting go, giving in, embracing change takes an extraordinary amount of strength. It takes courage. It takes patience and self-love and acceptance. But it's possible. So much is possible. So let's go back to Mandeville for a second. So last weekend, by the time Josh got there, I had been on the side of the road for about 45 minutes. I was hot and sticky and smelly, and I had bike grease all over my hands. And all I wanted, all I wanted in the world was a shower. But when we started for home, Josh went forward instead of turning around. And I looked at him and I said, what are you doing? We need to go home, like right now, it's time, let's turn. And he said, no way, you're gonna finish this ride. He's a good man. <laughs> so he drove me to the top and I got out of the car and I was in my funky bike shoes, so I kind of hobbled up to the gate. And I stood there and I just kind of touched it with my hand, which is what we do every time we get to the top of Mandeville. I had reached the finished line, not how I had expected, but I got there. And after I touched that gate, we turned around and we went home. This year ahead is not going to be easy for any of us, because no year ever is. No year is ever easy. There will always be challenges 
and bumps in the road and uncertainty no matter what lies ahead for any of us. But it is my hope that each and every one of us experiences this year for what it is, poignant, enriching, soul-stirring, and filled with change, filled with transformation. It is my prayer that these changes reveal to us the limitless possibilities that we have as individuals and as a community. And it is my true, true belief that when we have trouble shifting gears, and we most certainly will, that when we have trouble, we remember our own relief cars, friends, family, spouses, partners, children, fellow congregants, co-workers, neighbors, even random strangers too. For those people, each and every one will be there to push us forward and make sure we get to that finish line, no matter what it looks like. L'shana tova to a good change ahead.